Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. recording this week because I need to get that song from the Busset Challenge out of my head. I'm finding myself under my breath being like, my butt getting big, butt getting big, butt getting... And I can't take it. I can't take it anymore. I just got body yaddy 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 out of my head and now here we are. <sighs> we gotta talk about some things, guys. I'm gonna warn you. The stories that I'm about to talk about get more and more dark and serious as we go along, so warning warning um let's start off with number one you guys I don't watch the like competition singing dance shows so I'm not familiar with the mask masked singer other than that clip of Wendy Williams as the lips singing no one opens the door for a native New Yorker it's one of the best clips of 2020 with that being said, I did not know that the masked dancer was a thing. I'm assuming this was a, a new situation. Two questions. Why is Brian Austin Green on the show? Is he a dancer? Why is Ken Jong a judge on the show? 
Is he a dancer? <laughs> is that Ashley Tisdale or Haley Duff? Are they dancers? <laughs> I, just, I don't get it. But tell me why Elizabeth Smart was revealed to be the moth in The Masked Dancer. How did we, as a country, get here? Y'all, we know Elizabeth Smart, right? Noted, kidnapped woman, turned dancer, apparently. <laughs> Where? We need to really think about where we are as this country. And I know that that's something that we should have been asking ourselves for the past four years. Oh my God, you guys. Is this our last Monday without Trump? Oh, oh, oh that feels great. That feels great. Going back to Elizabeth, though, though like who? I mean, I wish I could turn back time and be in the room when those decisions were being made. <laughs> I wish I could be in the room when it was revealed that it was Elizabeth Smart. <laughs> I need to know, like, how did they pitch that to her? Why did she take it? She... <laughs> what is going on? I really don't have anything to say. I just need answers. So if anybody knows anybody who works for The Masked Answer, if you could give me some answers, the world wants to know, and I'd like to tell them. Moving on. Let's, we got to talk about Tom Girardi, you guys. It's been a bit of a lull. Erica has been living her life and being a savage ex Fenty ambassador. I, ugh, I feel bad and I feel bad for feeling bad. So let's talk about the story. My question, when all of these things came out was how was it possible that somebody who has been in the game for so many years and has seemingly done it so well and has been so successful at being an attorney, how is it possible that at this stage in the game that Tom would not have known better than to scam in probably the most scammy way possible, which essentially creating a Ponzi scheme by taking funds that he didn't need to be taking putting them towards other things, transferring money into Erica Jane's company, paying Peter to whatever the saying is, <laughs> robbing Peter to pay Paul, you know, um, it just felt very like stupid, right? So his brother came out last week, his brother's name is Robert, basically claiming that Tom has no, he he's lost his mind basically he's not in his right mind so robert girardi tom's brother is a dentist he told the bankruptcy judge in a petition on wednesday that his brother did not understand the gravity of the legal and financial peril which he currently faces the law firm is fucked financially it seems like this is an open and shut case and the hammer is going to be brought down on him hard. And I understand from a legal standpoint, it is very, it is not uncommon to claim some sort of mental incapacity uh, as a way of explaining someone's behavior. I get that. But this to me makes sense. And far be it for me to like defend a white man. You guys know I'm not going to do that unless I really, really feel strongly about it. 
and listen, this will probably bite me on the ass, but like, I feel like he might be onto something. It just doesn't seem possible that Tom would think that this was something that he could get away with. It just doesn't make sense to me. So in a sworn declaration, Robert says that Tom has short-term memory loss and that attempts to discuss how to respond to the pending bankruptcy case has been unsuccessful. My brother is incapable of realizing and understanding the repercussions of the bankruptcy filings pending against him and his law firm. Um, and also he's been explained to this. They've been explaining the situation to him over and over. It's, it's not clicking. It says, furthermore, my brother is not capable of making rational decisions with respect to his financial responsibilities and offers solutions and opinions that are factually impossible. Um, was the judge convinced? Not so much. Um, basically, the judge said that he doesn't believe him. And they're going to go on with the bankruptcy filing. Um his brother also wanted to be appointed as Tom's conservator. Um, this, of course, is not the first time that there have been claims about uh, Tom's mental capacity. And back in December, um, his defense lawyer said that Tom had issues with his mental competence and he had not been able to help uh, strategize a response to the allegations all the lawsuits against him and basically Girardi case, the law firm has been out of operation since late last year. There's no website. People aren't answering their phone calls. Uh, they went to his office. A lot of it stuff was gone. It, it just, they just said like, I don't think he really has a handle on the day to day of these cases. He seems a little bit confused. Um, yeah, I, I feel bad. <laughs> I feel really bad for him. I feel like we liked Tom. Like we all like Tom, right? And I just, I really feel for him. I don't get scammer vibes. This leads me to my second question of what's going on with Erica. It seems to me like it's always been clear to us that Tom and Erica live very separate lives, but I think it would be damn near impossible to say that Erica had no idea about, let's say that he for sure is uh, incapable of doing all these things that are being claimed. It seems damn near impossible to believe that Erica would not have known that. It seems very cool that she would have filed for divorce in this case. I just have a lot of questions I'm very curious to see how or if this could even be addressed on Beverly Hills. I'm sure everybody who is a Bravo watcher is like, oh, I want to see what she says. Apparently there have been hints that she's going to, you know, quote, mention it all. I don't think so. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be a very, <clears throat> you know, I, I can't talk about certain things or I can't discuss it. And I just really am so curious to see how she handles if she's not going to talk about the lawsuits and I don't think she can or will be able to, or is going to, I'm very curious to see how she addresses his, the divorce. I really want to want to see like, what is it that she has to say? Is he a cheater? Is she going to place all the blame on him? She's like in a really 
(laughs) shitty position because if I were her, I would get off the show because she has no idea what could possibly be coming down the pike in terms of pointing the finger at her. And I would just be, I think it would be very smart for her to not say anything, (laughs) certainly not be in front of a camera and have a mic and be saying any declarative statements that might get you in trouble and bite you on the ass later. Where's Mikey? Is Mikey the creative director of Erica Jane's legal drama? Because, honey, pat the puss on that one. Let's move on. Jamie Lynn Spears, noted little sister of Britney, um, former Disney star, former teen mom. Um, (laughs) I think she needs to not have cats. Have you guys heard this story? She went on Instagram the other day and said, I just have to, um, you know, I need to talk to Elon Musk because basically the cars, the Teslas are too quiet and I have killed multiple cats because of it because they can't hear the engine and I've run them over pardon she did not get into the details she didn't say how many cats that she had killed but it seemed like there were more than one more than two and that just feels like fool me once run over a cat once shame on elon run over a cat twice shame on jamie you know (laughs) after the first time why didn't we tighten up how many cats are under her car in the vicinity of her car? Why are you not watching your six? I think that's what it means. Why aren't we watching all points to see where the cats are? Where the cat's at? I, she deleted it. <laughs> I think she thought she was going to get more sympathy out of the situation. But a rich person telling me that their very expensive car has been responsible for the murder of several animals doesn't really elicit the response that I think she thought it was going to. Didn't really hit like it did it, Jamie. Okay. We gotta... We have to talk about ARMY. Full disclosure. Obviously, a lot of things have come up in the last week. I really... Nobody said anything, but my hope, and I feel like I need to say something, is that when I was talking about last week... I feel like I was a little bit lighthearted, but to be clear, these things came out after I recorded. I did not get the full scope of what he was saying to these women, how deep it ran. So if anybody felt like I was being insensitive, truly, I didn't know that it was that bad. What I said was what I saw, and it was weird and shitty, but it it went from worse to worse okay? So we need to talk about it. So... I tried to compile everything in a clear, with a clear timeline. Hopefully this won't be confusing. So, Bombshell. An Instagram account called House of Effie comes out. She has claimed to have an affair with ARMY for four years. So let's set the scene. Not everybody knows ARMY's whole life, right? Here's the deal. He had been engaged, or married, sorry, for ten years. He announced his uh, divorce 
from his wife, Elizabeth Chalmers, last summer. I want to say June or July of 2020. You know, there have been rumblings of things in the past. A few years ago, people went through his Twitter likes and saw that he liked, you know, tying people up and he was looking at BDSM stuff. Um, there was a article from 2013 Rolling Stone in which Army said that he had rethought what sex was like now that he was married and, you know, you can't really pull your wife's hair and you look at her differently. It felt very kind of like Madonna whore. Like, I can't treat my wife like a slut because she's my wife. Um, he later said that he was drunk during that interview. And I think that is a tidbit that we need to take into consideration for later in this conversation. Um, but back to this Instagram account. So she's claiming to have had a relationship with army for four years obviously that would mean there was an overlap between his marriage and this relationship she has been claiming that there are at least five other women that have come to her claiming to have also had uh, affairs with army here's what she says she's claiming emotional manipulation abuse every poor thing under the sun we all got told we were perfect that he wants to run away with us that it's our world and fuck everyone else he loved all he loved us all in his and his ex's bed and made us a cute omelet after. So we all had apartments ready for him around the world, so he all met our moms and they all loved him. So he told us all to be monogamous to him and to wait for his divorce. And if I hadn't spoken out, none of these things would have made sense. Following that, we have a couple women who have outed themselves or whatever you want to call it. They have openly spoken about their relationship with army. So let's talk about this. This is from page six. Army hammers later latest ex gal pal says that their romance was like dating a wannabe Hannibal Lecter as the Hollywood stars idea of pillow talk was fantasizing about which of her body parts he'd like to roast and devour. He said to me, he wants to break my rib and barbecue and eat it. This is uh, a lady named Courtney Vusekovich. She did an interview with page six. Fuck, that was weird, but you never think about it again, she said, of overlooking the odd behavior at the time. He says, I want to take a bite out of you. If I had a little cut on my hand, he'd like to suck it or lick it. That was about as weird as we got. Um, her app, she created an app called Flashed. Um, I don't know what that is. I think it's for glam. I... So they dated last year from June to October. She didn't they obviously asked her like do you think that these instagram screenshots are real she didn't want to say one way or the other but she said that what she saw didn't surprise her he likes the idea of skin of his teeth skin in his teeth she claims um she goes on to say that he enters your life in such a big way he's such a captivating person he has such a presence and he's aware of that and he uses that in such a way that most women would think oh my gosh this is amazing but especially young women that's kind of the scary part how good he is at active manipulation and making you feel like he's never felt this way about anybody he quickly grooms you in the relationship he captivates you, and while being charming, he's grooming you for these things that were darker and heavier and consuming. When I say consuming, I mean mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, just everything. She said that Army's a chameleon who transforms himself into exactly who you need him to be. He sucks out the goodness that you have left. That's what he did to me. I gave and gave and gave until it hurt. She is saying that he is obsessive, that at one point during their relationship, they spent weeks 
with one another, not leaving each other's sight. But when they did, he would like obsessively text her for, you know, hundreds of times. I wasn't safe, she realized. He kind of makes it like, I'm going to teach you things. I'm smarter than that. But where was I during that? I knew the whole time. I had this gut feeling that the whole time that this wasn't right. He's not well. She also, there's a lot of things. She's claiming that he has a substance abuse issue, that he does a lot of drugs. He drinks a lot. He does behavior that, you know, when they were unequally drunk like he was wasted and she was sober uh, he would do things that would make her really uncomfortable um sexual things that made her very uncomfortable that she didn't even want to talk about because she says that she's more upset about the emotional abuse that he inflicted upon her um there were times where he was saying claiming that he was broke and she was having to pay for his gas money and that they had a big blow up she didn't detail what happened they had a big blow up. He left her. After that, she had to enter into a 30-day program for PTSD and emotional abuse. Um, we have a writer named Jessica Henriquez. She said that she dated Army last year. There are pictures of them from last year, so she definitely knew him. Um, she addressed the issue and said, if you guys are still questioning whether or not those Army Hammer DMs are real, and they are, Maybe you should start questioning why we live in a culture willing to give abusers the benefit of the doubt instead of victims. Because some of you made it to adulthood without knowing what that is. Abuse. Cruel and violent treatment of a person or animal. Then she goes, it takes an army to hide a predator. And behind every abuser is a team of people working hard to cover up that trail. The next bit of information we have is somebody found his Finsta. His private Instagram that he is... You know, only close friends have access to it. My God, I want to know which of the friends was like, fuck it. (laughs) I'm going to blow your whole shit up and send it to Daily Mail. So they've sent screenshots, videos, uh, captions, wild, wild stuff. (laughs) Can we just like on a petty note, a little bit of levity in in this. (laughs) His... His Instagram handle is L underscore Destructo underscore 86. The nation laughed. And the nation was also realized that Army is only 34 years old. He's younger than I am. He doesn't look it. I mean, objectively, he's a good looking man. But I think we all thought that that man was far older than 34, right? The... Finsta footage, to me, really painted the picture of who Army Hammer was. Of course it would, because it's his private account that he thinks only close friends have access to, trusted members in his universe. This, to me, was the most eye-opening illuminating whatever word you want to use of like picture of who army really is and to me that person is a man who has spent years uh dealing with substance abuse and he's clearly not in his right mind is that a pass no does it make sense to me absolutely as somebody who has tangential uh moderate 
uh, interactions with people who are in the midst of their abuse, the substance abuse, this is classic to me. Everything about this was like, yeah, this sounds like a guy who is drinking way too much, doing way too many drugs, not drinking. He's not in his right mind. He's not thinking rationally and he clearly has some sort of like god complex superiority complex and thinks that he's like everything that he's doing is like cool and on some like i, I don't know like I, I, I like gonzo shit like it it's it's very weird like he obviously what he thinks that he's projecting and what he's actually projecting are two very different things we'll say that um one, there was a, a video or a picture that he took with the, that he's vaping and the caption is like, uh, when you realize they don't test for DMT on drug tests, he took a picture of a drug test. He was posted pictures of part of his custody agreement in which he had to get drug tested. Like this is very addict behavior. This is like addict behavior of somebody who feels infallible and who feels like they're gaming everybody and that they're smarter than everybody and that he's getting over on people. It was vile. It was really vile. There was a, um, you know, something that said divorce is so fun, not as fun as drugs, but it is what it is. There was a video in which he is like pretending to, uh, tour his hotel suite in the Cayman Islands. By the way, he's in the Cayman Islands because that's where his kids are. His wife, ex-wife, estranged wife, took the kids to the Cayman Islands for uh, the pandemic, because of the pandemic. And they've been living there for quite some time. He went down there to spend time with them. Yada, yada, yada. So that's why he's there. Um... I believe he's still there now. So he's touring the suite in the Cayman Islands. And he's like, oh, you know, going to the bathroom. What a nice bathroom. Look at the closet. Oh, let's go out to the balcony. And as you see him go to the balcony, you he passes by the bed. There's a woman in lingerie on all fours laying on the bed waiting for him. You don't see her face, thank God. But yeah, it just... It, something like taking a, a picture of a red stripe... Let's say some days require a drink, other days demand him. And then there's a picture that he posts on his Instagram, his, his like official Instagram account. That's like, oh, here's me with my whole family. And I guess I'm with the children, but I, you know, for their own protection, I don't want to, um, you know, post their photos or faces or whatever. And it's just like, this is very clearly two different men trying to, hit their hardest to present themselves as somebody that they are not. And it's sad because he's a human being and I don't want people to have to deal with things that cause this. He's obviously caused a lot of pain to other people. He's got children. It just, it's sad and gross to me. And just to be clear, like, because I find this sad doesn't excuse anything. Like, he's a reprehensible man. But it's just sad that it has to come to this. There are, there's a video of him where he's clearly driving and drinking. Like, drinking out of a, a beer can. It, it's, it's bad. It's really, really bad. And I, 
am worried that this is like going to, this story is just going to get darker and darker and darker. Let's talk about the, the DMs that I found the most dark. And I don't think people have been talking about this part as much, but this, like if the Finsta was telling, this was also very telling about how um, an emotionally abusive fuck he is. These are alleged. These were also posted on the House of Effie Instagram account. Screenshots. Okay. <clears throat> this is from June 7th of 2020. Grinding in the po- protest sounds awesome, though. I keep having a recurring fantasy of sneakily fucking in public at these protests, but I don't want to diminish the protests. Ha ha. I don't remember what I had a dream about last night, but I feel like it was a sex dream. Fucking A, I woke up hungry. So June 7th, 2020. Do we all know what kind of protests were happening that summer? Want to think about what protests were going on? The protests that were um, so um, sexually thrilling to him that he was thinking about having sex in public during one of them? Let's move on. Let's move on. The person responds, this has got to be one of the most white privileged soak sentences I've ever heard. And then it cuts off. You can't see the whole message. Then he responds, I had a similar experience when Vancouver won the Stanley Cup. I was in the riots outside the stadium in Canada and people were flipping cars, screaming and running around. And some chick just came up and gave me a long, slow hug. And it was incredibly erotic. It has nothing to do with what the protests are about. It's about being surrounded by that kind of energy. So quit trying to make me sound like I'm just using white privilege or else I won't tell you what I'm thinking. Telling someone something that you think and then judging by disagreeing is not good communication. Sick. He's a sick man. This was like some wild, narcissistic, manipulative behavior. By basically, let me repeat this. Quit trying to make me sound like I'm just using white privilege or else I won't tell you what I'm thinking. Telling someone something that you, telling someone someone you think, excuse me, telling someone something you think and then judging by disagreeing is not communication. Don't let anybody tell you that. <laughs> like, you're fully allowed to disagree with somebody. You are fully allowed to judge them for what they say. If somebody said that they were sexually attracted and wanted to have sex during a Black Lives Matter protest, judge the fuck out of them. That's psycho. <laughs> That is psychotic behavior. I think we can all reach behind the, around the aisles, across the aisle, and say, <laughs> everyone thinks that is a fucked up thing to do. Right? What? What is that? Secondly, the fact that he would say, like, oh, you disagreed with me? D- stop trying to do that. Tr- stop trying to make me sound bad. Or else I won't tell you what I'm thinking. That means that he finds himself so valuable and that he feels like he's so great that this is like a threat. Like, I just won't let you into the inner sanctum. You're getting kicked out of the club. You're not in the inner circle. I'm going to take away this pass of an army. You're not going to get any access to me if you disagree with me. And if you make me make it sound like I am a bad person, then I'm taking my toys away, right? That's sick. That's sick behavior. And then to school them by saying, 
when you tell somebody something you think and they judge you and they disagree with you, that's not good communication. No, (laughs) you're not communicating well. Like, and the fact that he decides, like he breaks it down like that, like this person is a child and who doesn't know how to communicate and that he has to like learn them a thing or two. It's sick. Like, (laughs) and I'm taking the Black Lives Matter protest out of it because it's just so fucked up that he would feel that way and to try to be like oh no I felt the same way when I was in Canada after the Stanley Cup don't you know don't try to conflate the two that doesn't help because <laughs> some random chick hugged you and you felt that was erotic you wanted to feel the energy of people fighting for other people's lives or celebrating a sports win like that what <laughs> keep it to yourself keep that shit to yourself y'all I came across a very good thread uh, in an article that was also in Rolling Stone that talked about what it is that we should be taking from the situation, right? There are, you know, do what you want in the bedroom as long as it's consensual, all the parties are, you know, down. It is very clear that this was not the case in any of the women who have come forward's relationships with ARMY, Right? So the cannibal stuff, I think, is clearly, you know, a a thing that people have an issue with. I get that. People shouldn't eat people. Of course, right? But what this person was saying that I found interesting was that this was a a sex worker, a dom, somebody who specializes in BDSM, right? She was saying that this is... Those... Desires are not uncommon, but nobody takes it to the literal level. There, There's cannibal play. Those things happen. There's blood play. There's things that seem very violent to a vanilla person. But when those things are actually, quote unquote, acted out, they're not literally... Like, you know, she's like, I have played, like, pretend... Um, I've pretended to cut somebody open or I've done this or that, or I've said these things, but it's all words and they're all mental images that in her practice, these are not like people who genuinely want to in real life act out the things that they're saying. And this is a case for not only those more violent things, it's the case for a lot of sexual fantasies that most of the time they don't leave the room, Right. And so, should we kink shame ARMY for having these fantasies? No. Do I think that he's capable of doing these things? Uh, yeah. I mean, we're, we all are, right? <laughs> do, we, do I think that he has actually done these things? Do I think that he has um, hurt animals? Probably. Do I, I? I don't know. Do I think that he's killed somebody? I hope not, you know, (laughs) I most certainly hope not. Um, But the point that was made was that all of these things are consensual. And it's very clear that like these women did not consent. So the issue is not his kink. The issue is the lack of consent. And I think that's important to talk about. Right. (laughs) I think 
he can have these fantasies, but when the women are not okay with it and they're doing things that they don't want to do and they're saying like, I didn't like most of that or I've wanted you to do something and you didn't, or I didn't want you to do something and you did, that is a real issue. It's not his kink. It's the fact that it's not consensual and it, yeah. Although I, I think that's perhaps an important thing to discuss. Of course, Army has responded to these claims in a way that I think was also very telling of his mental state and I think needs to be watched. So he was supposed to be in a movie <clears throat> with J-Lo. Um, it's called Shotgun Wedding. It's a, you know, what I'm assuming is a standard J-Lo romantic comedy fair. I don't know if Matthew McConaughey wasn't available or what. Anyway. He's, quote, stepped away from this role. I have to imagine that this is more of a Dorinda and Bravo, like, we came to a mutual decision um, between himself and Lionsgate of, we're just going to step away, right? And they're supportive of me. So he says he was supposed to begin production quickly, but he's going to be recast. Um, His statement says, I'm not responding to these bullshit claims in light of the vicious and spurious online attacks against me. I cannot in good conscience now ha- leave my fort. Excuse me. I cannot good. <laughs> going to start over. <laughs> I'm not responding to these bullshit claims, but in light of the vicious and spurious online attacks against me, I cannot in good conscience now leave my children for four months to shoot a film in the Dominican Republic. Lionsgate is supporting me in this and I'm grateful for that. Um, like I said, another very telling thing of like, this is bullshit, but because of what you guys have done to me, like, I can't do, I can't be the father that I want to be. And I can't leave my kids now, like placing the blame on other people and throwing your kids into the thing is gross. Let's leave the, like, if we're going to leave the kids out of it, let's leave the kids totally out of it if we can't talk about the kids and we shouldn't for the most part then you can't use them as an excuse for your bad behavior and be like oh now i have to be sit here and be a good father (laughs) because you guys want to be meanies and liars right it's sick it's sick let's end this on a note and it's on bella thorne why did bella thorne open those lips to say anything. She posted on her Instagram a picture of a cli- uh, an article from Variety, a post from Variety, and says, I honestly can't believe this. People are crazy to fake this kind of shit. This poor guy and his kids, like, leave him and his family alone. No way he's a freaking cannibal. Also, there's a million of these fake screenshots going around. Why did you... Why? Why did you have to open that musty old claptrap to say a damn thing. Does she even know him? I feel like I know Army Hammer more than Bella Thorne does. Like, in what world? Does she know him? Do they run in the same circles? And would she feel so strongly about it that she would need to uh, say anything? Just don't say anything. I, I have not heard of anybody else defending him. Why? <laughs> I'll be damned if there's a day 
in which Bellathorn feels a need to defend me against anything. Ma'am, that's just, like, not the... I, I don't need you in my corner, stinking up the joint with your, I don't know, unwashed hair and your unwashed body. Like, bye. <laughs> Shut up, Bella. <laughs> Let's sage... Let's sage the situation with mess. Speaking of Bellas, we gotta talk about Bella Hadid. And this is a throwback. This is something that stays with me. I carry it with me everywhere I go. <laughs> and that is the letter <laughs> that Yolanda, her mother, Yolanda, Herrick, Hadid, Foster Hadid, wrote to a young Bella Okay, let's just, I, I know a lot of you guys have heard this, but I just gotta read it. Like, I can't do a podcast and not at some point in my career read this letter that Yolanda sent Bella. It, it's, like, I would frame this <laughs> and put it in my home and display it proudly. Okay, let, let's just talk about this. Bella, I just got your car back from the pound and I was looking for your purse as I stumbled on the most disastrous car I have ever seen in my entire life. Now I am really in tears and I'm really scared. Who are you? What were you thinking? You've literally turned into a spoiled, unthankful, unthoughtful, careless human being that is lucky to be alive. Oh! Chills. What an eye-opening experience to find beer cans... Pink kitty bottles with vodka, bottles with Adderall, Vivance, rolling papers, and a car full of dirty clothes, dirty underwear, with bloodstains, tampons. I have honestly never seen anything like it. Was your life that terrible at home? <laughs> Was he... I can't do it. It's so funny. Okay. All right. Was your life that terrible at home? I am at a loss for words. You need to do some serious soul surging, Bella, to see how you got where you are and then get on your knees and thank God for still being alive. <laughs> how can someone as kind, beautiful, and as smart as you end up in this kind of a mess? I really failed you as a mother, and that is just the honest truth. How did I trust you were okay? Am I that stupid and naive? Or are you that good of a liar? Why, Bella? What have I done to deserve this? I am so freaked out. How are you going to survive? Why am I even working my ass off to get you in a beautiful apartment if you can't keep even keep your car clean? Is that how you're going to trash your home? If your car looks like that way... Wait. If your car looks the way you feel about yourself, you really need professional help. I thought that together we were going to be able to work through this, but now I'm not sure anymore if I have the tools to help you unless you are really understanding of what this has come to. I need answers and explanations. Answers and explanations, Bella. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I, I mean, that is art. Put it in a museum, put it in the Louvre. I don't care. This is one of the most, the greatest pieces of literature that I have read in years. And like, I can't believe, I can't imagine that most of you haven't read that before, but like, read it again. It is a classic novel. It is a classic, classic piece of literature, like E.E. Cummings Who. You know? (laughs) The Bronte sisters could possibly never. (laughs) Okay, guys. Let's get into the rest of the episode. Y'all, I'm I'm just going to be honest. I need you guys to watch Married at First Sight. There's been one episode so far. They're in Atlanta. I'm campaigning full force for y'all to start watching this show. So with that, I was joined by my friend Lindsay. We went through the first episode. We talked about other couples. We talked about predictions. We talked about what happened in the episode. It's great. I love the show, you guys. Give it a chance. Check out the recap. You guys have a great week. We did it, Joe. He's going to be the next president of the United States. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you. Bye. I was engaged um, the beginning of this year. Oh, were you? Okay. What happened? If you don't Uh, mind me asking. (laughs) The way I explain it, um, it was just a um, difference in... um, opinions as to how relationships should go and flow. Um, so uh, we met September last year, engaged October of last year. No, I'm sorry. We met September of last year, relationship October. I proposed in February and we broke up a few months after that. Okay, guys, Married at First Sight is back. It's back in Atlanta. Join with me. Fan favorite, Lindsay Helene, talk to me about the first, the premiere episode Three-hour-long premiere episode, by the way. Wow. You guys, listen. I really, really want everybody to get on the Married at First Sight train, but at a three-hour premiere, you know, (laughs) I have nothing to to explain for that. So, Lindsay, talk to me, like, about your journey. Have you watched every season? I, so, I started from season one, episode one and I did that I would say for a solid like four in a row and then I kind of dipped just because I don't know I think I it it was originally on a different network and I don't remember I think it may have been on like TLC or something I think it it switched the network and once it did that network switch I didn't quite follow it okay but my sister had always followed it so I kind of was like dipping in here and there but I wasn't committed to it then I dipped right back down in um (laughs) for real for real at the season with um 
oh who was it I can't remember but it was like it was maybe like four seasons from this current one do you because shows like this have so many seasons there's usually like a a shift a lot of changes that are made or even like yes fine do you feel like the earlier seasons were better do you feel like um I think they were just different I think I think maybe you could say they were better just because the people didn't really know what they were doing they didn't know what to do they didn't have there wasn't a true formula I think now and the experts are a little too in too much dip on their chip I'm not (laughs) a fan of the experts famously I cannot stand them and um especially Pastor Cal he is my enemy but we will keep it moving I, I I think I think the later seasons I guess are a little bit more entertaining in the sense that they're it's everything's more heightened because they're producing it more but the early seasons were good because it was I mean brand new we had second season we had Ryan and Jessica whereas Ryan turned out to be a full-blown psychopath like after the fact we learned that he was like an abuser you know kind of like like the Megan wants a millionaire murderer type thing where we learned later on that he was unwell and so you had characters like that early on okay which you don't really have anymore yeah okay so if you were trying to get somebody to watch the show what would you say do you think this is a show for a beginner in reality TV or somebody who's more seasoned? I would say, I'd say both because beginner wise, it's not going to be just like me. I'm a messy queen. I love drama. Mm-hmm. So going, going head first into, you know, a Claudia Jordan, Nene Leakes fight might be a little bit too much for a beginner. Yeah. But like something like this, it, there's enough drama and enough intrigue where they can handle it, as well as a seasoned person who loves reality TV. They, they can get into this, too, because, uh, I mean, it's reality TV. So sure. you're going to get all your favorite tropes that come along with that. Yeah. It feels like this show, in terms of the audience, the current audience, it seems like more people who aren't super into reality. So yeah. I would people who are more into reality, hop on in. The water's I are mean, fine. There, do you have your moments of just bright, shining lunacy within a lot more? Just like you can just put it on, you can follow along, you can, you can, it's a, it's a two screen type of show. Those are my fave at the moment. <laughs> and, and then you have moments where you're like, wait, hold up, rewind. So, totally. I think so, everyone should get on board as well. Yes. So I grew up in Atlanta. And oh, hometown. Okay. <laughs> I always wonder, like, what is it about Atlanta that seems like such a hub for reality TV? Mm-hmm. I really haven't put my finger on it yet, but I would say this year it seems to be the catch is that um, nobody has COVID. That okay? <laughs> Sarah, I okay. I literally was like, oh, okay, like, this is obviously filmed before COVID. I'm like, oh, God, are we going to have another COVID storyline, like, last year? And then I was in, I was, like, at two, I was at the dress fittings, like, two hours in, and then I was like, wait, that, the, the woman helping them is wearing a mask. Holy shit, we've been in COVID this entire fucking time? 
was so wild to me because, you know, I remember in the beginning, a lot of people saying, myself included, being like, I don't want to see COVID depicted on reality TV. And now that we're a year, almost a year into it, I'm like, how dare you? What? <laughs> I... I could not when I when I finally registered a mask for the first time. I was like, oh, "What? Hold the fuck on! Yeah, what? These people like, are out at like beer gardens. These people are. I'm just like, what the what? <laughs> Truly, no masks, just vibes. Like. And, and it's like through Twitter and just overall internet, we've been hearing about Atlanta going on as if nothing. It has happened. There's COVID doesn't exist. And this is the true, like, I, once I realized that somebody was in fact wearing a mask two hours in, I was like, okay, like now I'm going to be looking for everyone. And I didn't see any. It's like a legit where's Waldo. I, the, <laughs> <laughs> like a fancy dog park. And they, I was like, oh, blurry in the background somebody's wearing a mask I think like Like it's I should not be having to like squint and strain to see someone in PPE and this was in the middle of summer like when Atlanta was like (laughs) (laughs) it was it this was it was not like because okay now I can understand if you know they're more lax now just because we've been through it people are tired people are burnt out but this was in the height where very mu- I was still very much terrified. And so the thought of going to establishments that seemed crowded with mm-hmm. people who didn't give a single fuck is, I can't imagine. I could not imagine. It, it was unbelievable. Like this, it, I was shocked. I was totally, totally shocked. <sighs> let's, let's start with the, the cast members. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with oh. Brianna. Sorry, I, I I have notes that I forgot I had, so I'm gonna whip those out. Just just some jots, because it was three hours, and I was afraid I would forget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we started with Brianna. She is 28. She's an engineer. She's known as the outspoken optimist. I I, I wrote just like a little bit of what everybody said. She says mm-hmm. that. She was kind of like her friends tell her she's kind of a slow starter when it comes to relationships. She's picky. She's got like a laundry list of things that she wants and doesn't want. She's kind of a neat freak. She is looking for a guy who makes more money than her. And they're really setting up for her to be this like kind of type A. Yeah. Awkward, nerdy, stick Mm -hmm. in the mud. What were your initial impressions of her? I mean, at the end of the day, I believed them. I was like, oh, she seems kind of, she seems a little, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because I, I remember I, we, we met her with her friend and I was like, okay, but well, her friend seems so fun. So this is kind of strange to have this type <clears throat> A person with this chill friend. And then, I mean, well, I'm sure we'll get to it. But later on, we see more of her and I go, okay, no. I like you because you you are a slow start. You're slow to reveal your true self, but your true self seems like a hoot at the end of the day. I agree. I thought she reminded me a lot of how I initially thought of Amani. Like I thought Amani yes. really kind of closed off and this wasn't going to be the thing for her, but I think this might be a good fit. Yeah, I I I, I surprised myself. I was like, "Oh, I 
actually genuinely like you because you know every every season there's always one person you're like okay like you're you're the center you're the person who's the most normal mm-hmm. so I, I I'm hoping fingers crossed that it's gonna be her agreed she's being paired with Vincent he's mm. also he's an auto broker I'm assuming because of his last name Morales that he's Afro Latino yeah I I I assumed that as well I. This was the first season that I've watched where they have had interracial couples. Yes, they have never. Well, okay, that's not true. They had one that I can specifically remember, which ended in utter ruin. It was like maybe season four, like three or four, where they had a white guy who lived in New Jersey and an Indian girl, an Indian Asian woman who lived in the city. She lived in Manhattan. And they were, oh, they were so hot and heavy until it they just weren't and it's it's an interesting journey if you want to go back to that season I might because I read once in like a very obscure publication interview that Pastor Cal did that he addressed like that is kind of it's not that people don't want it it's that like not everybody's on the same page so when I say that I mean like there were, he said, we see a trend of black men who are willing to date outside of their race, but not like white women. They're not willing to. Um, and so that's why they've had difficulty making matches with people in the past. Which is so- interesting because there is one season specifically that I can remember. It was like a younger couple. Also, the Atlanta, the other Atlanta season with like the redhead and the, the brunette who like absolutely was disgusted by him. And <laughs> there was a, this young black couple where at the end, I think after the season air, you realize, like, he... Or no, I think she... Because she ended up having a show, like, a spinoff with the redhead that the brunette rejected. And Mm. she... I think she revealed that he eventually revealed that he preferred white women. I I think that when they go into this interview process... And we'll we'll touch on it when we get to Ryan. Because I have some thoughts about Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) I have some thoughts about Ryan. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think when they go into this interview process in their head and, you know, what the world tells them is that they need to, you know, cape for black women, which is what we hope. But in their hearts, they truly just want a white woman. And it's hard for them to admit that. And yeah. I think that um, we're going to see that. Pull- well, we, we already see it play out because he already said probably. He, I think he's about the first black man who's probably said. Ryan is. I, that admitted that he wanted a white woman, unlike the um, the new Bachelor, who I refuse to watch. <laughs> I watched the premiere episode, but now I'm like, and I liked it, and I think I just was busy the next episode, but I <laughs> watched it because I heard that he made this big statement of like, everybody's assuming that I'm with a white woman. Mm-hmm. Every now, everybody, even the white people, are like, yeah, well, that's probably because you want to be with a white woman. So. Like, come on, <laughs> just own it own it so vincent is an auto broker he says like his dad wasn't really around a lot so that kind of made him be more motivated to be a present father a present husband like turn it all around break the generational curse his mm-hmm. he says last girlfriend dumped him because he didn't have a college degree and that he wanted to start his own business i am immediately like my ears perk up when people say th- well when men say things like that mm-hmm 
And I feel like, what's his face? Chris said something around the, along that line a few mm-hmm. times. Oh, God. We will get to Chris. <laughs> Chris, oh, my God. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so <laughs> I've never just ab- absolute 100% no from the jump. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. I was more open to Woody from last season. Totally. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> uh, what happened? Okay, so he said, like, he's basically willing to do whatever it takes to make it work. But then when he tells his friend, hey, I'm going to get married, one of his friends asked, how would you react if your wife wanted to change things about you? And he was like, mm, I don't know. That's not yeah. work for me. <laughs> Vincent, from what, from the little bit in package that we saw, he's giving me hints of, like, rise and grind and that is uh it's absolutely unacceptable in my opinion yeah and so I just and that energy with Brie I don't I don't see how they are a match I agree and so I made a point to listen to what Pastor Cal said as to why he matched these people up because last year I was very upset (laughs) Confused as to why several of these people were coupled mm-hmm. with our Queen Olivia. Yeah, let me make a note now so I know <laughs> to be upset later about why they <sighs> reasons. Okay, so he said that Brianna will support him and that Brianna could also use this sensitive, caring side of Vincent. I feel like Brianna gives me educated and wants somebody who's also college educated. Yes, I really when he said he doesn't have a degree I said oh well they're doomed Mm -hmm. because he's that is going to be his I I, mentioning it in your introduction package to me screams like that's his Achilles heel he's insecure about that and so giving him a highly educated and motivated partner it's gonna cause some issues Mm -hmm. I agree so She's known as the outspoken optimist, and he is the legacy builder. Okay. Mm, okay. <laughs> so next we have Virginia, who's known as Miss Fun Loving, and Eric is Mr. Flying Solo. No pun intended. Again, I was like, why the fuck were they matched? Uh, yeah. This what? is like biggest age gap relationship that I've seen. Because she's yeah, it, six, yeah, it is. 34. Mm. Well, no, because we get to the next uh, couple, Haley, and and that's 10 years. She's 28 and he's 38. Yeah. And Okay, I'm going to be honest. I, one of my best friends is also like, she's into older men and it's, look, it's totally fine. But I, when it's such a huge age gap, especially just the ages involved, when it's such a big age gap, I worry. And Virginia, while she's fun and she's woohoo, she doesn't quite give me that she's confident within herself and in her choices. Yeah. And so giving her someone who's older, it just feels like they might become, I, in my opinion, when you date someone who's much, much older than you and you're not quite secure within yourself, you're just kind of going to mold your life into their life, man or woman. Yeah, And I worry about that, especially with Miss Haley. I worry about that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think luckily uh, Virginia is matched with Eric who ha- has really no, he doesn't really have a, a strong personality from what I'm seeing. So maybe that might not play in as much, but who knows? My first thought about him was toast. Yeah. Like just, <laughs> and I, I'm immediately when someone describes himself like a, a self described jokester, prankster i'm in my my heckles are up i'm instantly like "Mm, i don't like that i don't don't like that i don't believe you this is going to be a disaster it set chills up my spine and i wrote (laughs) so he's a pilot and also at the air force reserves his last relationships again another red flag he said you know my relationships ended because of where i was in my career and being so driven and he said when we find out he was married Mm-hmm. And he says that the relationship fell apart because of his military duties and his schedule. He's been divorced for three years now. And he says, my professional goals, like every goal that I've wanted to meet, I've met. So now now I'm just trying to have a wife, which is like just fit her into that slot, which mm-hmm. worries me. Also, this is petty and just ridiculous. But when they had the nerve to put 34 as his age, I was like, no, I think we need to check again, guys. As somebody who is knocking on 35's door, I'm <laughs> looking at myself and then like, <laughs> what I look like? No, like, I, I'm like, wait. <laughs> this, this is a joke, right? He's, he looks 38. And, and, uh, and I forgot his name, but he's giving 44, not 38. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'm like, okay. We need to double check. We need to we need to do some check. We need to, we need to dig. We need to investigate because this is not seeming right. Yeah, I need a long form birth certificate on both. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna become a birther. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're right. He says that he's a jokester who loves to laugh, and then he says falling in love is like having the best landing of your life, which is not. Oh God. Oh, God, I missed that. Oh, my. No. Uh-uh. Right? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> the thing that also I found very telling was when he meets up with his mom. Now, mm-hmm. like, he's made it very clear my family's conservative. And I was like, okay. This- like, oh, okay. What does that mean exactly? Right. So at first I'm like, okay, she's just like an uptight Republican lady. But then I'm like listening more to what she's saying. And I have to think, okay, this guy is 34. He's been married already. So she knows what he's like to be married and divorced. Mm-hmm. And so she says things like, um, what did she say to him? Like something along the lines of like, you have a lot to learn in life. I, I'm going to be honest, I tuned her out. I was just like, ooh, this is just so much just plain Wonder Bread that I can't even, it's not even penetrating. So I don't exactly know what she said, but she was very concerned. And you do bring up a good point. Like, he's already been married before. He's 34. It's kind of like, well, at this point, like, he's going to do what he do. So you to be this concerned is, it is a red flag. It's a huge red flag. She said, you know, marriage isn't just like, I love you and that's it. Yeah. And learn about life. And to say that about like a man in his mid-30s who's been in... Yeah. 
It seems like you've had a lot of life experience. So what is the hangup here? I I think a theme, obviously, with this show is that if you're coming here, generally, you're not, you know, the most, I don't know, you're not thinking it through the at the at the the highest level and that's gen- usually true with the men there's there's always one or two women here we were like okay but like what are you doing here you're you have a good head on your shoulders mm-hmm. but um with the men it's always there's always like i don't know and he he does kind of kind of reek of i don't know yeah, I, I don't know either. I mean, granted, later he did loosen up a little bit, but... Yes, I will I will say, I was like, oh, okay, so he's kind of... he, In that, in the, at the Bachelorette, he seemed like a person who was able to just kind of go with the flow, which I was like, okay, maybe, maybe there's something we can work with here. Yeah, I agree. So, Virginia, she's what she refers to as a customer experience specialist, which could mean a lot of things. A lot. <laughs> One thing you need to know about Atlantans is that they use a lot of buzzwords to describe their job, mm. and it doesn't. Houston too. Don't don't get it twisted. <laughs> Atlanta is the Houston of Georgia. Yeah, Houstonians yeah. love doing that shit too. Right. <laughs> a lot of words that sound good but don't make any sense together, and you never really find out what somebody does. So, yeah, you're like, okay, sure. Right. Like, okay, do you work at the Gap? Like, I mean, that could. <laughs> Um, very well could be <laughs> so she's like a party girl she says you used, she's used to that party life she loves to drink she loves to go to the bar she loves to go out and have fun and she has a little bit of uh damage in her past her both mm-hmm. of her parents married three times yeah i mean i don't blame her it, when she was going through the list i was like god damn right i i i get it damn yeah, yeah. She says she has an attachment issue. She's been single since she's 21. And then we get this very, like, sad scene with where she's FaceTiming her dad to tell her that mm-hmm. And he's like, well, is your mom going to the wedding? She's like, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't she? And he was like, well, I guess I'll see it on TV then. <laughs> yeah, it, it was rough. It was real rough. Real, real rough. It was, mm-mm. Yeah. She also gave me the energy of you watched um, Love Love is Blind, right? Yes, I sure did. You remember the the brown haired girl who like was with the dude that the blonde girl wanted to be with? Oh, um, uh, the 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 pilot mechanic. Oh, what's her name? Amber. Yes, she she Amber. Of Amber. Yeah. Yes. Something Just kind of like sorority, still in college, but mm-hmm. like very far removed from college yeah yeah (laughs) still like is drinking pbr from like Mm -hmm. 11 to 7 on a saturday (laughs) getting into fights with a lot of tears all all of the white girls actually on this they gave they give you different facets of sorority party white sororities it's really it's kind of crazy you're right there are several varieties yeah they say that Virginia has a lust for life and Eric loves to laugh. And they think that Virginia needs somebody who's ready for commitment and won't leave. <laughs> I mean, damn. <laughs> like, same. <laughs> I mean, to be honest. <laughs> the only thing that I saw that they had in common is that they both have small dogs. 
Congrats. I'm like, that's match made in heaven. <laughs> so next we are with Paige, who is, quote, destined for love, and Chris, who his description was hashtag blessed, but the S's were dollar signs. Mm-hmm. Help. Help us all. <laughs> Did Paige, like, she kind of favors Kiki Palmer in a way. Oh, my God. The whole time I was like, God damn, you look like Kiki Palmer. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the whole time, I was like, oh, my God, this is Kiki. Yes. It, it's something about her. It's her the face shape. I don't know what it is. But yeah, she looks- I don't know what. It, I think it's I think it's just a, a mix of things. The way her face is made up just highly resembles Kiki Palmer. Mm-hmm. It's in the eyes. It's always the eyes. Yes. <laughs> and they kind of have the same energy and yes. just essence. It's, it's also very Kiki. She, yeah, like, somebody who's, like, really, like, she goes to church, and she knows all, like, the elders in the church, but mm-hmm. also just got ratchet at the club last night. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so, she's an accountant and realtor. She owns a house that she rents out. She's, like, you know, the Atlanta package. Like, I yeah. it's the property that I'm renting out. I'm, you know, I've got several irons in the fire. Um she says that she's been wanting marriage since she was playing Barbies as a girl. She is like, I want to be married. It is ordained. It is in God's will. I had a dream about this. This is like the thing for me. I'm ready. Mm. Very ready. Mm-hmm. She is. She thinks that it's her God-given purpose to have three children. <laughs> um, quickly. She said within the first two years of the marriage and She's like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to have sex on my honeymoon. I don't know if I'll have a honeymoon baby, but, you know, I'm going to let the spirit lead me wherever it goes. And I'm going to start saying that. I mean, Paige (laughs) was a trip and a half. Right. I instantly, like, loved her and I was scared for her. Because I was (laughs) like, oh, no. Because they're going to put her with the worst. The worst. And here we go. Here's Meet the Worst. Chris, 27, mm. alleged financial manager and restaurant owner. I need to know what restaurant. Alleged. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Chris, when he started getting into his story, I, my eyes glazed over. Yeah. I was just like. <sighs> it was a, like a dating app bio. Come to Yes. Life. Like, miss me with everything that you said, Chris. So Everything. First, he said he wants a woman who isn't after him for his money. And he says that a lot. hmm A lot throughout the episode. Then he says, I want somebody who's intelligent, sexy, and good in bed, and a freak. I mean, they might have given it to him, to be quite honest. <laughs> I mean, Paige <laughs> I mean, is very much giving that vibe. He says a life without those things would be, would mean a sad Christopher with blue balls. My God. He was also a person who um, was like forced to do hard work and pull yourself up by your bootstraps type. Yeah. And he very much like led with that. That became his identity. And that was a huge red flag for me. It was a very interesting origin story for Chris. Yes. He says that he's a family of, like, a bunch of pastors. Mm -hmm. 
he used to be an ordained minister, but then he left. I, I, I was like, wait, what? Right. Because <laughs> then he says the only job that I could get was in South Florida at a car dealership or something. Or, and I was like, how is that possible? The only job you could get? I just don't. I don't know about that. I don't know. He used to be homeless. He slept in his car for four months. And then within two years of him being homeless, he was making a six-figure salary. Great. Great. I mean, so, look, I, I, if, if, that, if that trajectory, I have to respect it. But I'm still, like, my, my, the red flags are waving high. He's also another, like, hashtag rise and grind. Like, he's mm-hmm. always watch thing like y'all got the same 24 hours in a day you know that that type of person just it it is repellent to me Mm -hmm. I'm just like oh that energy is no nowhere near I want to be I don't want to be anywhere near that energy I can guarantee you there are no less than 18 pictures of him on Instagram in front of a car (laughs) he does not own for sure for sure for sure (laughs) Uh, uh, posting pictures from his trip to Miami two years ago like you know at 10 o'clock what are you doing I'm out here in this beautiful beach whatever Um, he's also got a very interesting relationship history Uh, Uh, yeah two engagements engagements. that was like strike fucking three you're out (laughs) so much like Vincent he says um that his first engagement broke up because he was broke. And then the other one broke up because they didn't have mutual trust. And then we find out that his last relationship, that engagement ended three months before he got on the show. Mm-hmm. And we find out that it was like the, the, the period with which he met, date, engage, break up was only like four months. Yeah. Or like <laughs> maybe even three. And I was like, oh no, what have they done? What have they given Miss Page? Right. <laughs> what? Hell. 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 <laughs> and then he says, like, the this very weird thing about, like, I, I think I'm ready because this is something that I desired. And I feel God knew that I would fail on my own. And when you're doing something wrong, you just pivot and try something new. And put that in my vows, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it barely made sense. I was just like, wait, what kind of word salad <laughs> is this? <laughs> what? I'm just going to do something else? Like, work on yourself? Maybe I, that. I, I don't... <laughs> therapy? You're asking for therapy from a man? A straight man? Kara, that's too much. <laughs> a rise and grind straight man at that? Girl, that's asking for the world. I just don't understand. Like, I'm gonna pivot from my five month engagement or whatever <laughs> to another relationship, and to a marriage, even less, and I'm just doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a pivot. I don't know. I so, mean, it's a pivot, but it's, <laughs> I don't know if it's the right one. <laughs> so, Pastor Kyle said that they match because of their religious backgrounds. And that the fact that they both want children soon, which I'm like, yeah, okay, that's not a match, but that's, this, yeah, I'm like, you could that could be so many other people. What are you talking about? 
Okay. Like, she'll be happy that he's got money, but he he ain't ready. But I feel like his money is so, like, restaurant money is so finicky. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Especially, well, I mean, they're in the middle of, I have to remember, they're in the middle of COVID, so we would be hearing about <laughs> if there was trouble. <laughs> this is still dead in the center of COVID. Like, God, I can't. So, then we meet Haley, who is known as always a bridesmaid, and Jacob, who is known as Mr. Last Chance for Love. (laughs) (laughs) Our biggest gap relationship, where she's 28 and he's 38, question mark. Okay, actually, I just want to go back. I'm just now remembering um, for, ooh, what was his name? Oh, my God. the Eric. Eric Mm -hmm. was, he talked a lot about... Like, he was so desperate to be alone. Like, he was so scared of being alone. And yeah. He was so desperate to not be alone that I, yeah. I was instantly like, oh, no. This yeah. is this is not great. <laughs> and it would have made more sense if he had not ever been married before. Yeah. I'm no, like, it made him... I feel like that divorce made him even, like, more rabid to not be... To not end up alone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well... Yep. Now we know what we're dealing with here. Okay. <laughs> so Haley's 28. She's a sales rep. She also, like uh, Virginia, has not been in a relationship since she was 21. She likes to do whatever she wants, whenever she wants to do it. She's been a bridesmaid. 14 times. 14 times. She even tells a story about, like, all of the foibles, we could call it, in her love life. The mm-hmm. biggest one... Being that her ex of five years got another girl pregnant. Mm-hmm. I I was like, ooh. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. And but she said she's only had two serious relationships. But it's like, your last one was when you were 21, girl. So, like, <laughs> I, it, it's on a great track record. But <laughs> let's introduce the friends because I have some thoughts about these friends. If that's what you want to call yeah. them. Her friend with the Botox? <laughs> Her friend who, if we're gonna, we're, we're gonna keep going with the celebrity doppelganger, I just instantly was like, she is a brunette Cheyenne Kimball, which is a, it, it's a deep cut. <laughs> Cheyenne Kimball is a deep cut, but she instantly came to mind. Do you know she kind of reminded me of um, Joan Rivers' daughter? Well, yeah. Oh. Ooh, because she's had a lot of filler, I feel. And um, she's kind of like Whoville-ish as well. <laughs> she's also giving Cindy. Yeah. And so yeah. I just, when she told her friends, I was like, Haley, do your friends even like you? <laughs> I, your friends seem very upset that you are, that the, the focus is going to be on you now. I think that they are, they like her where she's at. Yes. Being the bridesmaid. And mm-hmm. the thought of her not being in that position, like, really upset them. Especially Miss Lauren, Miss Cindy, Miss <laughs> Melissa Rivers, and Miss <laughs> Cheyenne Kemble. Cindy Lujus. She was very much like, wow, <laughs> okay, well, I mean, you're, you're attractive. I was just like, you absolutely fucking hate this woman. But and you're acting as if her best, like you're her best friend, but you secretly do not like her. 
Yeah, but then she tried to clean it up by saying, like, oh, you know, there's as a best friend, there's no greater feeling in the world than having your friend get married. Like, is it? I, I, it just, <laughs> like, every, okay, the other two, I, they were just full-blown sourpuss energy to me. And I was like, okay, you two clearly do not give a shit about this girl. And then it was, Lauren was obviously the most vocal. And I was just like, you seem upset about this mm-hmm. there was a lot of, uh, too much emotion too much and it was like okay you can everyone we've seen concern we've seen we've this show's been on for 12 seasons at this point we've seen concern even Paige's family Paige's family to me they are concerned but it was genuine and they were being funny about it they were you know they're making it fun and mm-hmm. they were genuinely I feel like they had some questions her friends were like mad I felt yeah. They didn't like that her that her position in their friend group as always a bridesmaid, never the bride, was changing, is mm-hmm. what I got from that. It really did seem a little bit like she was their like token single friend. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. don't know why that would be so important to them, but it seemed Well, you have to remember, like I grew up around a whole bunch of white people, a white girl. I can speak white girl, and <laughs> they're they're a specific type of white woman, very sorority esque, probably met in a sorority, met in college, met in their sorority, and they white girls like having. Now I can't be general. I won't, I won't say all, but I've noticed in my research that they like having at least one friend who is maybe at a lower status to them and lower status meaning like they're single or they don't have a luxury car or they don't you know just something like that or they don't have kids yet that kind of thing i noticed like i won't i won't say all so nobody get mad but i just noticed this that they like having at least one yeah especially when there's like a big group and you're a big group very like like that girl yes And Haley filled that position in for them. And so when she told them, I instantly saw that reaction of like, oh, they don't like that. She's changing positions here. It's it's so wild because one of them said like, oh, I never thought you would get married. It's like she's 20. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like that. That is like to sling those kind of comments. It's just it's like, whoa, do you even like this girl? Is just kept coming up. I was like, Haley, girl, these are not your friends. <laughs> these are not your friends. Right. Mm-hmm. I hope that we don't see a whole lot of Lauren, but I feel like we're going to. Oh, we are. We are. <laughs> and I liked, I, I initially liked Haley. I thought that she was nice. Like, there's nothing really, you know, I think her, to me, her biggest red flag is that she's very clearly not comfortable and with herself and she's not truly found who she is she doesn't really have a strong voice or or she's not comfortable enough saying her opinion or coming on and being her true self and she's a little insecure so that is why I worry that she's being paired up with someone who's so much older than her because she to me is a clear a clear depiction of that younger woman who's not quite not quite ready to fully come into her own being paired up with someone older who might just kind of control the whole situation is what I'm worried about yeah I'm I I'm concerned about Jacob but 
I'm concerned about him like I'm concerned about every white man, you know? <laughs> well, I have my red flag with Jacob was when he was like, oh, you know, it seems kind of tropical back here in reference to his backyard. So then he built um, a quote unquote beach. And he then. Box for his two dogs. Like, let's <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, a beach. So you just put sand. You just added sand right. to your backyard. And then he. When he was out there playing in his beach, he was wearing boots in the sand. <laughs> and that was, that was a lot to me. I was like, okay, he's, he might be unwell. And much like Justin Bobby, homeboy wore combat boots <laughs> to the beach. And that was also oh, a risk. <laughs> it, it, it's like, okay, when you see someone in full, like just at full heavy footwear in sand, you need to run. <laughs> so he's 38 he's a senior it guy he says like you former chubby kid turned like body temporary bodybuilder like he is definitely when we see his friends all his friends look like you know people who would have played dungeon and dragons like <laughs> <laughs> again i was like yes yeah. so um pairing him with Haley was a choice they're mm-hmm. very different vibes to me totally different vibes like he is a nerd 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 through and yes be very muscular <laughs> yeah i'm like he's not he's not a hunk just because he does crossfit i don't no. <laughs> i don't know yeah so he is like he, he's like a shy nerdy guy he is looking for like good solid connections but he thinks that the dating apps are kind of ruined that and he's used to like meeting people face to face and then he also later mentions like i'm 38 i'm kind of too old to be on the apps which like bless you for for that jacob i i was like agree <laughs> thank god for for that you know open your third eye on that one right <laughs> jacob um he he also says he's kind of a hermit, and they said like the reason they pe- meet uh match them together is that he can bring stability and that she can provide more energy and bring him out of his shell a little bit. Okay. I'm like, okay. You be, like, like bring you out of your shell. You're right. 38. <laughs> this is it. This is it. I mean, like, we don't need to, not everybody needs to be out of their shell. No. <laughs> maybe out of, maybe out of your shell is in your shell. Right. You're a hermit. It's okay. It's okay. It's totally fine. You just sit there in your shell. On your, <laughs> on your beach. Then- in your boots. <laughs> He's literally set his life up to be a turtle. So yeah, is- I-, I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. So next we have Clara, who is Miss classy and spunky and ryan mr confident and calculated let's start with clara classy and spunky i don't know about the classy i don't either i I think that's a stretch but okay she is 27 she's a flight attendant she says like occasionally she gets hit on on her flights by like older men or like drunk frat boys she says she's tired of going on really bad dates and then she gives us a list of all of the bad dates that she's gone on all of these terrible men. The worst. They were, he, they were fucking bad. Dog, the guy who Venmoed her a hundred dollars 
to ask as a way to ask permission to date one of her friends. <laughs> it. I was like, okay. <laughs> First of all, give me another hundred. And I'm I'll... like hundred. Wow. Okay, it's a low ball. It's a bit of an uh, a low ball. Um, there was really not. I mean, she just seems like a your standard kind of party girl, blonde. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Whatever. I, I mean, there's really not much to say about her. Uh, during her during her package, I was like, okay, yeah, she seems like whatever. But then we see her, and I'm like, okay, the she she actually might be um way bitchier than she initially came across, and way yeah. more judgmental than yeah. she initially came across. Yeah, she was the only one that maybe seemed worse as the episode went on. Yeah, (laughs) she, like, as the episode went on, I was like, okay, I don't know about you. (laughs) Um, So then we meet Ryan. He's 29. He's like if Jadena went to a... (laughs) You know? (laughs) I mean, okay. I'm gonna... I'm gonna gonna go here. So... (laughs) I loved Disney Channel original movies when I was younger. Okay. And, and to me, one of the most iconic, classic, the decom originals was The Luck of the Irish. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and he, he looked... Now, he just reminded me so much of The Grandfather. And the luck of the island. <laughs> oh my god. And I, I, I try I tried to shake it. I tried. And I just kept coming back to the grandfather the and ears. luck of the Irish. The ears. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. It's so- the ears and just like the nose and just like the stature. <laughs> like lollipop guild link. Yes. <laughs> Well, it's the hair. The hair doesn't matter. The hair, like, bro. You know what? Maybe he said, I got what I got. I'm going to lean in. And maybe. maybe. Do we think that he perms that strip of hair with, like, just for me? (laughs) I think, here's what I think. I think that he has, you know, looser hair. He has hair probably like my sister where it's a little silkier. And so mm-hmm. if he's consistently putting product in it or maybe blow drying it, the curl pattern is um, non-existent after a while. So I think that he yeah. just, it just now is like straight. So I felt the way, I'm trying to give a little bit more credit to Ryan because I feel like obviously the producers asked they felt like they needed to explain Ryan to the audience. Yes. Okay. That was that was my biggest thing is that like when a black man grew up around white people, is attracted to white women, or you know, is friendly with a lot of white people, they obviously feel like they need to explain themselves, and mm-hmm. other people feel like they need to explain themselves as well. Yes. So we got pictures of his family to prove that he is black. Black. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I was like, okay, all right. I wasn't expecting that, but all right. Right. Like, sure. He was ethnically ambiguous. Like mm-hmm. he is quite light skin. He does have light eyes. So, okay. I, sure. I thought for sure. I was like, okay, we're going to the white thing. I was like, okay, well, he's got one white parent because of the way he's talking right now. But his mom was I white. Was, we all thought that. <laughs> I, I thought his mother was white. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. 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 But 
it was it, surprised. I, I agree. So, yeah, they he has to explain mm-hmm. that he grew up in a small town. He was not, he was, you know, a very much a minority. There, there mm-hmm. were only a handful of black people that went to his school. So he is mostly involved in white culture, which is like, it just felt very weird to mm-hmm. have that be his, like, this is my origin story. My yeah, I'm just like, we don't out. have to explain. Yeah. Like we, they 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 want you to explain every single time, yeah. And it, it just like it can just be, and that is that is one of the biggest gripes I have, especially with the Bachelor this year. Like, just let it play out. You don't have to even talk about it. Eventually, we'll see, we'll know, we'll catch right. on, and it'll just yeah. be unspoken. Yeah. But to put an emphasis on it, it's just like, come on. It was very very strange. He then he said something about like being exposed to a lot of white culture taught me a different perspective on life and it's like what does that mean Ryan? Yeah, I'm like okay. I mean, <laughs> I, you could, I could say the same and uh, it's not really sure. positive, but right. it's not like the best. You're right. Enriched. <laughs> right. So I guess it was just like their way of explaining why they were pairing him with a white woman, which is like mm-hmm. I again, I don't think that needs to be explained. No, I mean the the funny part is if they had just introduced Ryan like they introduced everybody else, it would make sense why he was paired with a white woman. We didn't need an explanation. No, we really we, we would be able to figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> it's not rocket science. <laughs> and that's the thing. He is he is a little shorty, a little short king, but he's he's actually I would say amongst the better looking of the group. He's actually a really good looking person. With a hat on. He looks so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going strictly by face. I'm going his face. If you if you line them all up, he's got a good looking face. And he he's seems cool. nice. Um he's just he's just um giving me luck of the Irish and <laughs> I don't know if I can handle that. He said that he does, he's at his gym, his CrossFit gym, two hours every single day. That is, no, no. What I would be doing during those two hours, like smoking weed and taking, <laughs> like, two like, hours, like two hours every day. Okay, because I, son, against all odds, I've become into fitness during core. Like 2020 was about fitness for me, which Dude. never. Yeah, surprisingly, I started, I started, I became like, I understand a little bit because it was just like a switch flipped and I be, kind of became like, there was like a mania to it where I just was like walking twice a day, also doing a Chloe Ting. I just became crazed about it. Oh my God, the Chloe Ting workouts. Can we talk? Yeah. About- <laughs> <laughs> this woman, she tries to kill you. It's like Chloe. Kill you, Chloe. I cannot get up and down that quickly, girl. Damn. I don't know how she does it. I hate that bitch so much. I get <laughs> but no, but you know what? That bitch knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. Like truly, I'm like, I don't know if this is a placebo effect. I don't know, but I'm seeing changes after three workouts. Goddamn, Chloe. There is but, one where she does like half a. It's like half a push up. 
and like you have to like raise your leg at the same time it's like half plank half I mean it's impossible it's impossible <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like Chloe like you're you're asking too much girl you're asking too much <laughs> I gotta work out too much <laughs> right <laughs> so. but I went through this craze period obviously like January came around and the craze the mania kind of like subsided but I understood but then I go okay so if someone is stuck in this like kind of craze I need to work out two hours every day I'm going okay obviously mine was attached to like just a frenzy of quarantine and then being you know just a overall being a plus size person which comes with a whole bunch of just drama but for him I'm going why are you so crazy about this is my big question and like you're you're if your friends are making jokes, if you mm-hmm. are alluding to it, what is the root of why you're so insane about workouts? Yeah. Cross- my brain just cannot fathom a person who lives their life. Not like not like goes through a two week period of just like ooh, going crazy, but lives their life every single day like that. I'm going, okay, what is going on? Right. Like everybody I know who does CrossFit did it after they got a divorce so yeah like it's like it's not a, a thing you take up you go you know I'm just gonna start like getting healthy going to the gym like it's like a it, it's, it's a there's a period in your life where you want to join CrossFit mm-hmm. and it's never a great period from what I know <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah, I was being honest it's never <laughs> incredible yeah Mm-hmm. So I, I just would like to know why he's so crazed. I think there's a deeper story there. I, I fully, fully agree. So the rest of the episode was them meeting up. The guys met up and the girls met up. And then they, everybody saw their, they tried on their dresses and tuxes. And then they had the bachelorette, bachelor party. And then we see like the beginnings of, was it Clara and Eric's wedding? So mm-hmm. I didn't really have any thoughts about, like, the try-on scenes. I thought, why the hell are we seeing every single person try on a dress? I feel like we could have spliced in the the highlights and kept it pushing. This was just so much exposition that I'm just like, we didn't need to see all of this. I totally agree. Three hours of exposition that we did not need. Not at all. Not at all. I didn't need to see Chris shopping to match his glittery shoes with a jacket. I just didn't need to see it. <laughs> I did not either. But one scene I do want to talk about, speaking of Chris, is that he wants to go, he went to go talk to like his friend or pastor. Or pastor. Brother. I don't know who that, did you notice that he had spray paint in his hair? No. <laughs> the pastor man, did? Pastor did. He was trying to create like, you know, like a, uh, you know, like dudes have, like square, you know, like a square edge. Like oh crazy. no, he was trying to fill in like thinning areas yeah. with paint. <laughs> he, was, he created no. airbrush. <laughs> it looked like airbrush along the side, like around the like temples of his. Uh, oh head. no! It was. So <laughs> I was like, sir, could we get a blend here? It was, like, very dark like he sprayed that area and it looked like he put a piece of paper to like line up the edge to line it up oh no 
sad. I, I didn't realize that he was his pastor until after their little talk. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. He was talking very much like a pastor. Yeah. So what was the conversation about? Because I couldn't get past the hairspray. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was about sex, but it kind yeah, of... Yeah, he was like... He was kind of, I got, I, the gist was, I mean, at this point, this was like two hours and 30 minutes in and mama was tired. So (laughs) I think the, the, the gist of it was like, how do you know if you're ready? Cause that's when we started learning about, well, that's not when we started learning about, but he was like, we got more into Chris and his relationship and how he views relationships and he's serious about relationships. And the pastor was like, well, you know, the only time I knew that my wife was my wife is because I didn't sleep with her and I was, I was more serious right. about her and, you know, all that bullshit. And right. that was basically the gist. It was just, it was just filler. We did not need okay. it. I didn't think, okay, I'm glad. I'm glad. Like, we um, just did not need that scene at all. Not at all. Not at all. No. So, the guys meet up and then this is where Chris explains the timeline of his relationship. Or his last oh, that I I couldn't believe. He said that they met in September of 2019. They started dating in October. He proposed in February of 2020, and then they broke up a few months later. So this leads me to believe that if they broke up in, let's say, May, and he's been single for three months, that this would have been August that they filmed, probably? Like, he... It's like he immediately went and tried to join this. Right. Like, like he, he imme- like broke up and then immediately tried out audition for this. Right. Like he got off the phone, went to Instagram. They were like, are you in Atlanta? Would you like to sign up for the show? And he was like, I do. And he clicked it. <laughs> like, it feels like a three month process to be on the show. Yeah. Like, that like the right time. I'm very confused. He, he is, he very much comes across as that guy who's like needs to be in a relationship and like pre- wants it to be so serious so quickly. And then once he, you know, I think he loves the anticipation and loves the idea of like being engaged, getting married, but doesn't quite, doesn't quite understand what it means. And so I think this is going to be a a big wake up call for him. Especially because I just like, I don't get it. Like, listen, I'm not like a girl who goes to the club. Yeah. So whatever. And Chris Mm -hmm. very much is like, he's a day party kind of guy. Yeah. All these chicks that he's meeting that he's claiming just want to be with him for his money. Like, how do they know? How do they even know? It, it feels He's like- obviously being flashy. There's no other way that they would know. He doesn't mm-hmm. have just like rich aura. No, he some like people have. Like he's obviously in the club, throwing down, and these girls are like, "Hey, I, I just think he he leads with it, and then I- gets upset when people follow that lead and pursue that lead. He's definitely putting it forward." He's like $200 date Twitter, for sure. Yes. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Yeah. Um... Yeah, I just, I feel like he looks like a beef patty in the face, and I yeah, just don't I just like, like <laughs> you're making I'm actually really upset, guy. because last year we had, we had Miles, and he was fine as hell. Mm-hmm. We've had good-looking people, and this year we've got nothing. We've got uh, nothing. No. Like, I, I can admit that, you know, maybe Vincent is attractive. I I'm also a person like Vincent looks really attractive from far away, but once you get close mm-hmm. in, you're like, oof, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, a couple of them are really like there was one uh, and- is a Monet <laughs> to quote <laughs> Cher. Yep. There was one time where Eric's face was at like a 34 degree angle, and I was like, okay. <laughs> that is <laughs> actually proven, in my opinion, to be the most attractive angle for most people, body-wise and face-wise. <laughs> That's why Instagram influencers are always turned three-fourths degree to that right. camera. <laughs> they want to show you a little, a little bit of something of everything, and it's uh, the best yeah. angle. Get these cheekbones. That's where you really, you really, really, really get fucked when you you go full profile. <laughs> and some people cannot handle it. Everybody <laughs> can. Not everybody can. So, gosh, what happens? I mean, the. This was like the pre-bachelor, everybody get to know you. And it seemed like they were establishing. They also like to add this layer of like the group dynamic and who likes Mm -hmm. who. Yeah. And it seemed like everybody was immediately turned off by Chris. Oh, yeah. Everyone was instantly like, no, thank you. (laughs) Which I get. Yeah, I get it too. And it seemed like people were very confused about Paige. Like Paige gives Valf a very confusing energy. Yeah. And I, I could see why. Cause she yeah, because is... she is conflicting. She's like, she tries, she's get, she loves, she's a Phaedra moment where mm, she yes. loves to act very religious and proper and Southern Belle, but then is, you know, knows a stripper who could suck his own dick. It just doesn't <laughs> quite add up. And also was like, I need, I don't want to have uh, sex on the first night because I need your papers because I don't like condoms. Condoms. Like, what? <laughs> That I, wild, wild thing to admit on national television. That, I wasn't expecting for that to be the reason. No, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that's this is what we're revealing. Got it. Paige is a real wild card, and I can't wait for this. <laughs> no, I'm like, she's gonna bring twists and turns. <laughs> so let's go to the bachelor bachelorette party. Just a couple highlights is that at one point Jacob is talking to Eric, I think, and they're talking about like, would you be nervous? You know, like 
would it be worse if the girl wasn't attracted to you or if you weren't attracted to her? And at one point, Jacob said that he would struggle being with a seven. And, like, I could do an eight or a nine, but, like, a seven would really be a struggle. I said, who the fuck do you think <laughs> you are talking about, Jacob? Jacob. Sir, who the fuck? I, I want to know what a seven is to him. Like, what? <laughs> and I even think it's also, like, like, good enough for you? like, you are nowhere near a seven. <laughs> How dare how dare I'm confident in saying you are nobody seven. You may be, you may be able to reach peak 6.7, but not, you are not reaching a seven on your best day. Absolute best day. Hollywood treatment. Not when you're still wearing graphic tees. Not like in boot cut jeans. <laughs> you are out here in boot cut jeans. And this is a big pet peeve I have with men who lift or like just fit men in general. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand when a man is in a shirt that is too tight. It, it genuinely makes me mad. Because Agreed. I'm like, You're, who are you trying to fool? You have muscles. We can see them in a shirt that is your size. We can see right. it still. Right. It can fit you and we can still see it. I don't understand wearing tees that are like skin tight it just it makes me so it, I'm so annoyed by it and it, that was his whole wardrobe this entire yeah. episode that and boot cut jeans ooh. <laughs> very Jersey Shore yes uh, what were the other highlights uh Chris shows up late with a blow-up doll with a mask on and that's the <laughs> first person we see on camera um, <laughs> like high, heavily featured on camera with a with mask, a mask. <laughs> Oh, God help us. God help us. Victor was wasted. He was talking to a stripper. Oh, my God. I was like, oof, this is rough. He was like, where are the lap dances at? Should I get her number? I'd be so happy if you were the lady that I was getting married to. I said, why'd they do this to her? She don't right. deserve this. Only only at that point was he like, maybe I shouldn't talk to that stripper on camera. And then kept going back. Right. He was like, ooh, I gotta get away from you. I'll be evil. And couldn't help himself and kept going back. And I said, okay. Cool. <laughs> how, they do, how they do brie like this. Come on. <laughs> Virginia is white girl wasted. And she's like, I'm so glad you can married to mom. This is gonna be the greatest. Pukes <laughs> <laughs> in the bathroom. Like an icon. Like an icon. She 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 is a mess, but she's one of those messes that I love to watch. Yeah. It's not like it it was it could get dark, but it wasn't quite dark yet. Not yet. Not yet. I thought it was interesting that Clara was kind of judgmental of the other women for she getting She was giving Christina last season at the Bachelor, yes. which made me like, okay, Clara, don't you dare be going there. Don't yes. go there. Yeah, I I thought that was a very strange, like, it it was strange. It was very strange. I'm the most sober person here. I just, I hate when people act like that's, like, an accomplice. It's like, okay, so you're not having fun? Cool. Right. (laughs) Like, you're not letting loose. Got it. All right. Was there any other thoughts from the bachelorette party? 
I mean, Brie was ready to, she was ready to go. She was ready to turn up. And that's where I was like, okay, this is the real Brie. And I'm glad Mm -hmm. that I got to see the side of her. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad. I like when they asked the question of, would you rather be with a virgin or a guy who didn't drink? She was like, I'd much rather be with a virgin. Like, if he doesn't drink. I I was, I was like, okay. We all know Virginia was like, oh, can't, you know, I'm like, we know, girl, we know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so then we get to everybody getting ready for the wedding. So I think the Clara and Eric were the, no, Clara and Ryan were the first ones that we really see. Like, they're the ones that we'll see walk down the aisle. They got down the aisle at the very end of the episode. When Clara said that she wants somebody who's ethnically ambiguous. I was like, wait what <laughs> I'm sorry come again are we, are we supposed to say that <laughs> <No>. <laughs> is that allowed <laughs> I was like okay so she's also admitting this on national television got it got it mm-hmm. she's like you know I like somebody who has like a little spice but you don't know where it's from from I was like ooh, and I said, she said, you know, six foot, six point. I said, oh, Ryan, you're done. You're toast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got one out of two, girl. One if out of two. You are five, eight if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So then we get this scene where they each get gifts from the other one. Um, I have to admit that I'm very corny and that I thought, like, listen, icing people, if you guys don't know, you have to like give somebody what is that called Smirnoff ice a bottle of Smirnoff ice yes I was like okay did you grow up around white kids (laughs) (laughs) couldn't tell (laughs) (laughs) um the game is like you're given to somebody who's unsuspecting and they have to chug it on one knee Mm -hmm. in one so her thing was like, oh, you know, I always wanted a guy who would go down on one knee for me. So this is a way I could think to do it. I thought, like, if we're going to ice somebody, that was the best reason to ice somebody that I've yeah. ever. The, I'll give you that. You get half a point for that. That was slightly clever. I um, I worry because Ryan is clearly deeper. He has depth to him. <laughs> His letter proved that. Yeah, so he gets a letter. He gives her a letter, a handwritten letter, talking about all the adventures that, what did he give her? This, like... He gave her, like, a portable speaker. Yeah. With a playlist attached to the day, or, so like, representing the day, or something like that. Yeah. And she's over here, boo-hooing. Balling. Balling. And I'm like, okay, um, this is this is going to be a problem because he but is very mom, sensitive. Like, but even her mom was like, "Damn, you got to marry this guy now." Yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, "Damn, this is nice, <laughs> bitch, bitch. Do not screw this up, right? Which we know she will, right? It was a very nice letter because was- after that that bachelorette." I, I, I saw hints of Christina and I said, okay, this is going to be an issue. Yeah. And when she was like, it, 
this is like what I do too. Like I better make people play with. Right. I was like, okay. Oh, Every girl, girl who's made a playlist for the guy she dated. Okay, girl. Um, her excitement quickly turns into anger. I, it was <laughs> the most fascinating display. Like a, you could study this. It was like she in that moment recognized, oh shit. I actually have a really, you know, I have a top shelf person here that I might be dealing with. Mm-hmm. And so then she spiraled. Like her, her, her self-esteem plummeted in that moment. It was such a turn on the dime reaction. Because mm-hmm. she, it was, like, I, that was one of the most thoughtful letters. And I've never gotten a letter like that, even from somebody I thought I, that loved me. Yeah. It was like, she instantly was like, Oh shit. And so then she spiraled and then all of her insecurities kind of bubbled up to the surface and she was just spewing. Oh. Yep. She was yep. projecting all those insecurities at every single person who was there. And I said, Ryan, run. <laughs> she was mad at the dress that wasn't properly mm-hmm. hemmed. I'm like, you've been wearing this dress for hours. <laughs> How did you just, <laughs> just now? You sat there with your hair looking like that for hours. Your makeup has been done like this for hours. Right. And now you're mad. Now you're mad. (laughs) Of all the feelings, like, she's mad. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, shit. Because she clearly displayed that when she's having a moment of insecurity, instead of, you know, when when I feel ugly or when I feel, like, just weird and insecure, I turn introspective. I just kind of hermit out. And mm-hmm. she is a person who projects her insecurities onto everyone must experience when yep. she's unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. And so now seeing that Ryan is a really, you know, sensitive, sweet guy, this is not going to be good when she has those moments. She's going to not- take it out on him. <clears throat> we forgot that he also got them blindfolds. It said bride like, and groom. I was like, oh, this, this boy is... He's in for it. <laughs> I thought in the preview that this was going to be like a new thing. But a this new thing. Idea to everybody, they're both going to be blindfolded. Their maid of honor and best man are going to unblindfold them when they're at the altar. So mm-hmm. she can't see him when she walks down the aisle. It's like a very secret thing. And then they're just mm-hmm. going to look at her the exact same time. So we end. You know, I was looking, they usually show the reactions of, you know, the different people in the different parties of when they come out and when they see mm-hmm. like the family yeah. finally sees and they really didn't do that this time and I was like okay you've given us literally three hours of nothing you can't even give me the reaction of people so then I'm, I was like well were they even reacting and then I'm like if they weren't reacting then what the hell <laughs> yeah like we want to see the like he walks down the aisle first and he introduces himself to her mom mm-hmm. and the bridesmaids are like oh he's oh cute. he's so cute yeah like everyone's happy <laughs> like i love that part of it and they did not give us that this time they didn't so is it too soon to make predictions no it's not because whatever we can just do it. <laughs> yeah <There>. it's not <laughs> we're i mean we the writing's pretty much on the wall <laughs> Yeah. There might be one or two that pull through, but I don't know. Was there any couple that really, you were like, okay, maybe I'm feeling hopeful about them? Um, no, not really. There wasn't, there wasn't one where I go, I'm 
can see I have a I have a few concerns about a lot of I I have concerns about every single couple. I think the one that might not be just absolutely horrible if her hateful hating ass bitch friends are involved uh, aren't involved or Haley and um Jacob I think maybe like it could be fine I don't know if it's gonna be great but it could be fine yeah side note um her mother they are the same I couldn't believe how similarly they looked Mm -hmm. I was like wait wait, whoa whoa." (laughs) they're clones holy shit yeah yeah Oh, yeah, I can't, no couple is triggering me as being, I I don't feel hope about any one of them. No. And I want to feel hopeful about most of them. Yeah. Are you here for the mess? Because I am, but it's also like, I want to be on a journey of at least I see why they were matched and it just Mm -hmm. doesn't work out. Like, I don't want it to be like a mess from before they even meet each other. I mean... I agree. I, I I love the mess, but I also like when it works out. I mean, I need some goodness in there to balance out just absolute darkness. But, you know, famous couple go down in history, Elizabeth and Jamie, oh my were God. a shock. They were a shock to me. I'm still not quite over how shocking it is that they ended up together. And they, were, they seem so happy. They seem so happy. So, you know... <laughs> There, there could be a few wild cards in here that, because I was, I, Kara, I would have bet my fucking life. I said, there's no fucking way that they're ending up together. If they do, ooh, no way. And here we are. After you hunt? Like, call her, like, they they were screaming at each other at level 10 every single episode. Not one episode. Or yes. did it not get nuclear? And there they are, happily married, two and a half years later, three years later. Oh my gosh! I yeah, it, it the shock, shock of the century of, of married at first sight history. Oh, do you have any final thoughts? Um, I I really hope that next episode is not three hours long. They're they're Same. merging into bachelor bachelorette territory, and if I wanted to watch seventeen hours of dating show in one night, um, I would go there. So mm-hmm. I I need them to to call it down. We don't need every single detail. Agreed. It, it was it was like I I really wanted to know why they needed to give us three hours for this season. They've never done that before ever. Never ever so i I, ho- I, I hope they were just like oh we just got all this shit let's just give it to them for the first because we're in a quarantine which actually maybe not because they weren't acting like it right but, like did viewers y'all are- know that we do y'all know covid exists okay <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like it but okay sure doesn't thank you so much for doing this what a no treat. problem I, I love talking to you with feelings mutual do you want people to follow you anywhere? I mean, you can follow me on Instagram at Lynn Talene. All right. Well, I'll put the link up in the information. Thank you so much again. I hope you have a beautiful day. You too. <laughs> Bye, <girl. laughs> Bye.